1: Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Gary Decker, and he is with Win Moves Coaching. Welcome, Gary.
0: Thanks, Lee. So glad to be here.
1: Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Win Moves Coaching. How are you serving folks?
0: So my focus as a leadership coach is helping good leaders be Great. We all have challenges, we all have opportunities, and I just help people sort through that and find their vision and their mission and their purpose.
1: Now, what's your backstory? How did you get involved in leadership coaching?
0: So I have, a, I have a long corporate career. I have more than 35 years in leading and developing teams all around the world in a variety of functions. In I started my career in finance. I was a CPA at one point in my career. I uh, then moved on to leadership roles in IT and in HR. And I've really worked to, as I said, develop teams and leaders all across uh, a whole variety of functions and locations and geographies. So I've been coaching. It's been part of my life and my DNA for that entire time, from my first days in public accounting. Over time, I I got involved with some organizations that do certifications and do training, and I ultimately got my professional certification in coaching and then uh, went into it full-time. I dabbled part-time and had had side hustle going on in coaching for a long time, but I went full-time into my business in early 2020.
1: Now, can we talk a little bit about how um, when you were a CPA... Yeah. Um, so obviously you were as a young person saying, I'm going to be a CPA at some point, and you were right. going to choose that path. What attracted you to that? And then at what point did you say, you know what, I think there's more to me than this, and I'm going to kind of branch out a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I went into a public accounting because I knew that it would expose me to a wide variety of clients and give me exposure to business and 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 professionals that I didn't have as a young person. And it's exactly what happened. I had I had major clients each quarter of the year I had a different major client and I, a variety of industries, all kinds of things. I'm a continuous learner have been since day one and I and I just love that exposure. And when I realized that coaching was for me was literally the first week of public accounting, when they sat down and said, "Okay, well, this is our this is our counseling process. We evaluate you after each job that you do. You have a discussion with your supervisor, and then it goes up, you know, up the chain, so to speak. And we give you feedback. And then I got to do that with people that were assigned to me as a leader on different uh, engagements, and it just really resonated to me the ability to." Get feedback, to act on feedback, to give feedback and help people develop and grow. And I've just taken that in every role that I've had ever since.
1: And then you've been able to kind of expand the breadth of your knowledge so you can serve people in a variety of roles, not just finance and accounting.
0: Absolutely. When I went into uh, leadership in the IT organization, we were in the midst of rolling out major system projects all over the world. So we were putting together teams a very intensive effort of evaluating talent, internal talent, consultative talent, and assessing them. And we had to build a very flexible environment to do that. So that's where I created a, a career coaching council in my organization at the time. And that's when the, the coaching that I got exposed to the coaching certification programs. And it really, it really took off. And I got some, I, I replaced some of my letters, if you will, with, with new coaching certification letters.
1: And um, I would think just from a foundational standpoint, having that finance background really helps you in no matter what area you're helping a client with, because you, you, it always goes back to the numbers at some point.
0: Absolutely. It's the foundation of everything. And, and to be able to talk with a leader now uh, and have that basic understanding of really all components of their business, uh, it's really, really helpful. Now,
1: what are you seeing in the marketplace? You're hearing a lot about this uh, period of time we're in with this transition out of the pandemic, hopefully as soon as possible. And there's this great, I think they're calling it the great resignation happening. A lot of people are reevaluating their priorities, changing careers or just pulling the ripcord and just saying, look, I'm going to hit pause and I'm going to just regroup here a little bit. Uh, Are you seeing that? Is that accurate in in the markets you're dealing with? And how are the leaders kind of handling this uh, kind of, uh, if it's true, this kind of great resignation.
0: Yeah. Or, or great reshuffle. There's a few buzzwords out there about it. Uh, It's definitely happening. I see it a lot. And I guess what I'd say is good leaders that I see or, or leaders that are effective, I shouldn't say good or bad, but leaders that are effective are listening to their people and, and really, really trying to get input and feedback and adapt and find new models of working, find ways to give feedback to people in, in a more effective way. I think, I think employees, from my experience, what I'm seeing is that most people that are leaving a job or a company are doing so because they're not feeling connected. They're not feeling heard. So the leaders that are less effective are unfortunately kind of holding on to the old way and, and waiting, kind of waiting for it to come back. I've I've actually even heard leaders say things like, "Well, once once the the assistance money runs out and people really need a job, they'll come running back." And I find that an interesting approach for a leader to, uh, to <laughs> want to be hiring desperate employees. Right, but,
1: that so. speaks to their culture. I would think.
0: I think so too. I, I think it. I think it speaks to a lot. Leaders are really being challenged in this time to think about how they can influence and, and give feedback to employees in a way that's not, you know, foundation on FaceTime and control and things like that. So it's definitely a time of everybody's learning this new dance, so to speak.
1: And, uh, you know, they, there's a saying that people don't uh, quit jobs, they quit bosses. Are you seeing this uh, kind of at the heart of that as well?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, and I'm seeing the opposite. I'm seeing. I talk to leaders and and ask them about this kind of thing and the impact. I've gone to different organizations and and you look around and there's there's like no impact. Their their people are running around doing their jobs, happy to do their jobs. Those were the people that were like that before anything changed. Those were people that were sensitive and empathetic to their employees before anyone heard the word pandemic so it's it's without a doubt it's it's that type of leader that is continuing to be successful
1: it's one of those moments i guess in time where um you know where they say the um when the tide goes down then you can see who's wearing their bathing suit or not this is a time where you're seeing whose company culture and their people are really kind of practicing what they preach when they say their people are the most important asset i mean the the numbers are the numbers. If, if a bunch of people in your firm are quitting or have had enough, that might speak to what's going on kind of as part of the culture of your organization.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That great Warren Buffett quote, you don't know who's skinny dipping until the tide goes out. And without a doubt, that's, that's happening and you see it. And some leaders are having a real hard time identifying that and, and valuing that. So I love working with those kinds of leaders and helping them broaden their you know, their vision and and think through some more flexible approaches.
1: So now let's talk about the leader. Like say something has occurred, all of a sudden they're, um, the turnover is extremely high. All of a sudden they're seeing a lot of turnover where maybe historically, for whatever reason, they hadn't been seeing this degree. Maybe there were symptoms, but maybe not to the degree that it is today. What is some advice you can give that leader to say, hey, you know, we're going to have to triage this right now, but here you're going to have to kind of lay some foundational groundwork in order to really get through this.
0: Yeah. Well, one, one of the key things as a coach, I don't typically give advice, so to speak, unless, you know, the doors open and we, we do coaching where I will try to pull out from that person what it is that they see and, and what they see as opportunities. And, and sometimes I see many leaders will kind of knee jerk to, oh, I guess I have to pay more money. And, and yeah, that's part of it. There's a competitive component in, in compensation. But I'll, I'll try and ask them and get them to think through, are there other things that maybe would be valuable to people? Things I've seen creativity around the hours that they're asking people to work uh, sharing roles in some cases where that might work, uh, thinking about other ways to provide development opportunities for employees. But I really try to get the leaders to to kind of think that through themselves. If they're stuck in there's nothing I can do, and I've I've seen this as well, there are organizations that just can't hack it.
1: And then, but so, I mean, obviously they're going to kind of self-author their destiny, but you're going to be kind of hopefully opening their mind and maybe asking questions that open their mind to have them go down some productive path.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Try and, you know, I work a lot with people's mindset and, and why are they stuck with that feeling? And, you know, sometimes there's a bad past experience that there's no guarantee that that's going to happen again, or there's a judgment that they're kind of putting on top of their employees. And, and, and again, with empathy is a big part of this. And we learned a lot in, in the depths of like, when people in many companies had the opportunity to work remote and we all literally saw into each other's living rooms and, saw what was going on in people's lives we could we had the chance to be more empathetic and and when when leaders can adapt to that and take that on and really see the really seek the ways that their employees want to be and have flexibility that's where it, that's where it pays off
1: now, are you seeing this uh remote work? um you know obviously, there was a need for it to be okay, this is how it is now. this is the new reality that we're living in, and now, as the pandemic is kind of waning a little bit and people are getting more comfortable of being face to face again, all of that I trust my employees to be remote, everything's great as a remote is now kind of morphing into some hybrid version of remote because the workers obviously love remote. Um, the leaders may not love remote as much or feel like ultimately that's the way to go. So now they're kind of trying to have it both ways. How are you seeing that kind of um, evolve as we get through this pandemic?
0: Yeah, I think I think for the most part, and and there's always exceptions, but for the most part, employers that are not allowing some kind of flexibility are struggling to find people or will be continue to struggle to keep people most of the people that i interact with want some version of flexibility and and they're frustrated by the fact that we proved that it could work we proved that most organizations were more profitable more you know more efficient in their operations people were unshackled from having to commute and to you know do their hair fancy or whatever you want to you want to say people felt a lot of freedom and flexibility from that and and they're demanding that in in the large part and leaders again to my view and my experience effective leaders are are adjusting to that Others, others, there are, I think there are some pride issues and some other non-organizational matters that come into play.
1: Now, one of the benefits of remote workforce was that your workforce can be anywhere. Um, Once you switch to some sort of a hybrid where you have to come into the office some of the time, you can't be anywhere anymore. Like you can't have an employee you know, a thousand miles away and then popping in on a Friday meeting on a weekly, I guess you could. But I mean, I, I don't know how sustainable that is over time. But are you seeing that by saying that it's hybrid, you're basically saying that you're you are not, a, you know, then the world's not your oyster when it comes to talent anymore. It's still localized.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I—I I, It's exactly right. and And I know some employees and some organizations struggle because of folks that you know, moved away uh, and, or, or came up with some alternative arrangement and now they're stuck with the decision. Do I let them stay that way or do I force them back? And again, that's not a, that's not a one size fits all um, answer either. And, and the leaders that I speak with, I ask them outright, well, what would be the downside of letting them stay where they are? And sometimes there's an answer that makes sense. Uh, oftentimes there's not.
1: And then, so this is kind of a case-by-case basis um, for every organization, right? They're going to just have to figure this out in in the best way that they can. I mean, and it's going to be interesting from the employee standpoint, I mean, and and this probably contributes to this great reshuffling or resignation, is the fact that, hey, I like living in my hometown with my immediate family and, and just being remote and getting my job done rather than living in this high priced city that I'm struggling and barely making it. Um, and so my quality of life is not as great. So why can't I have it both ways? And and each organization is going to have to answer that question.
0: Yeah. And it's not just like, by the way, it's not just like, Oh, this is cool. It's usually because they're getting help with childcare right. or, or they're helping take care of an elderly parent sure. or sibling or, you know, there's, People found, you know, that's, I don't know, maybe, dare I say, one of the upsides of the pandemic is we all found out what's important for us to care for.
1: Right. And it, so now are you seeing any trends of how this is going to play out? Or is this literally a case by case basis and every organization is going to just kind of navigate it the way that works for that organization for good or for bad?
0: Well, I, I think the trend is, yeah, it's, it's a bit case by case from what I'm seeing is there's without a doubt more of a general push to get back to in-person as much as possible. There is, you know, there's still questions out there. There's still, you know, the vaccine for young people is just starting. So I think there's a lot of, of still some uh, hesitancy to push real hard on it. And a couple of organizations, I don't I don't personally work with any, but a couple I've read about forced everybody back and then said, you know, they pulled back from that. So I think we're still very much in a transition and maybe through this winter, uh, that's going to continue, but it's going to be interesting. You know, I talk about what's new in 2022. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I really do think from what I'm seeing is the war for the best talent is going to require people to allow some version of flexibility.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the fact that so many people were willing to quit with nothing um, yeah. as a backup plan just shows you how important this is. They're they're not they're not compromising when it comes to this quality of life that they were enjoying for so long.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And they and again, as I said earlier, they need to. The childcare question is huge. the The pressures on the childcare industry to staff and be ready for this or are you know there's a lot of challenges there as well so there's there's not a foundation for folks that they can rely on like there there was previously
1: now um when you're working with a firm is there a typical point of entry like are they asking you to come in to solve some kind of urgent thing right away and then that expands or is it um kind of can come from anywhere the way that an, an organization engages with you
0: yeah, so typically, so as I as I describe, my ideal client is is someone or an organization, either a person or an organization that knows they have a particular challenge and they come to me and we we talk about it and we we develop a plan of, of action around that challenge. It's communication or leadership or something like that, talent. Um but my my favorite is working with folks that don't kind of sense they have any challenge, and we discover together that there are things there that that they don't necessarily have addressed, or we start in one direction and, and underco- uncover very common to uncover that there's something else that we need to we need to talk about.
1: And then the way you deliver your services is it primarily one on one or is it group coaching? You do workshops
0: it's all of the above it's primarily one on one but i also do workshops and group work as well
1: and then it's industry agnostic because of your background
0: yeah absolutely i you know and and i i market myself as a leadership coach to be quite honest and you know it's a little secret don't tell anybody but really anyone's a leader you know someone who has a direction that they want to go in and wants to get there so I work with folks in all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of situations.
1: Now, is it primarily senior leaderships or, or are you seeing some organizations kind of have this coaching trickle down to middle management or and below? Good ones do. I
0: mean, it's the the good organizations are seeing that, you know, in all honesty, we all could use a coach. I have a coach. We, we all could benefit, you know, the best the best. Athletes in sports all have multiple coaches, right? We all can benefit from somebody outside of our day-to-day that can help us see something we don't see and improve upon it. So good organizations are offering, I've, I've worked with some organizations that offer this as a perk to their employees. One of the challenges there is that sometimes the leaders have a kind of a vested interest or a thought how they want to apply that. That's not how it works. If it's really a benefit or a perk, the employee is going to get the benefit that the employee wants to get, uh, not at the direction of the leader.
1: And sometimes that coaching is going to reveal maybe this isn't a good fit for the employee.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so that's Absolutely. part of the the unintended no consequence it. of that.
0: Yeah. No, that gets a little <laughs> tricky sometimes, but yes.
1: <laughs> well, that and ultimately that is good for the organization because you want best fit you know, just like you want best fit clients, you want best fit employees.
0: Absolutely. It's funny. I, I always practice that as a leader in, in my corporate work when, you know, other managers would be like, Oh no, I think, you know, I think Susie's out looking for another job. I would approach that differently. I would, I would say, well, I, I think that's probably good because at the end of the day, and I had this at various points in my career where I had opportunities, I had to look side by side at what I'm doing now versus what I could be doing. And I want people that are sitting in in my organization that want to be there, right? And so it, to your point if they if they don't want to for whatever reason, I'm going to help them get to where they want to go.
1: Right, that's your job. I mean
0: and it's healthy, you know. Right. It's, it's not good for the organization if they're in the wrong place.
1: Right. And um yeah, it's an interesting time. Well, Congratulations on all the success. If there's an organization out there that wants to learn more about your practice or get on your calendar, is there a website?
0: Absolutely. winmovescoaching.com, winmovescoaching.com, and just contact me there and I'd be more than happy. I always do free consultation and it doesn't make sense to go anywhere unless we agree we're a good fit for each other. Well,
1: Gary, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you.
0: Uh, Lee, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, and and uh, and I hope you have a great day.
1: All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.